Hey there, and welcome to the Agency Rockstars podcast. I'm Dana Lindahl, and I'm the founder of LegendaryLeadGen.com, where we help B2B companies become authorities in their industry, set more sales appointments, and convert those appointments into more sales. We also help other agencies sell our patent process on to their own clients. And we truly believe in the value of building and creating relationships, and in that being the main driver of new sales for agencies. So, Stick around to the end of the show. We're going to be revealing how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing agency podcasts on the planet. All right, let's get straight into it. Agency Rockstar listeners, welcome back to the show. I am joined on our Rockstar stage today by a guy who is a rock star, no surprise there, David Brickley, who is just an awesome guy in San Diego, California, and brings the warmth to me. He's the owner of STN Digital. David, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, man. I'm excited to dig in. Absolutely. And I'm loving the uh, the palm behind you. Appreciate this, it. This is amazing. We're recording in December, and I'm in Michigan, and I'm ready for the sunshine. So anyway. So the question is, though, Michigan or Michigan State? Uh, Red Wings. Okay. That <laughs> works, that too. <laughs> yeah, I'm... It's so funny. No, no. Uh, it's so funny because everybody asks me that. Like, okay, what's your college? I don't, I don't really care about the college sports, but yeah. I'm a huge hockey fan. And of course, Red Wings. So Love it. Love it. Anyway, so it's funny that you asked that because STN uh, it feels like a very sports-related agency. Yeah. Am I right in that one? Yeah, that's how it started. So um, kind of a quick background on me. So I went to uh, San Diego State to study journalism. My goal was to essentially host my own radio show or be a host on SportsCenter. You know, you're a Scott Van Pelt type of guy. I got the right haircut. Um, <laughs> but essentially, that was my goal uh, to be sports broadcaster. So I did a lot of play-by-play -play in college. I hosted on the student radio station. And outside of college, I, I moved on the Fox Sports Radio out in Los Angeles, and I was a producer for three and a half years. And the goal, again, was to have my own radio show, start to build that up. In my opinion, the program director wasn't giving me my show fast enough. So I'm hosting podcasts. I'm doing all these things. And back in 2011, what I did was I started my own YouTube channel. Um, and back then, it was pretty rare to have like a sports-specific YouTube channel that was doing sports talk. And th those of you that watch ESPN, kind of like a first-take style, just kind of sports heads talking about the different things. Um, started that in 2011. So basically, after my shift at the radio station, I would use their multi-million dollar recording facility to host my podcast and kind of be able to, you know, uh, again, create my own destiny. And uh, it started to pick up a little bit of steam. We got on the front page of YouTube, got a lot of subscribers. So I had an idea, why not pitch my idol, Kobe Bryant at the time, someone I grew up watching and, and loving to watch play. I pitched him and his team on a weekly Kobe Minute where I talk about off the court and on the court success. I'll do it for free. Just let me uh, post it on my YouTube channel and, you'll, and he'll post it on Twitter, Facebook, his website, et cetera. He loved the idea. And uh, I guess the rest is history. That was for me the epiphany that started the agency. Again, it was all about sports broadcasting and play-by-play -play and radio. And then once I saw that Kobe moment happen, I'm like, wait a second, if I can do it for Kobe, why can't I do it for other athletes, other sports teams? And now, of course, other brands, things like that. So who do you work with today then? And is it still some sports folks? Is it other brands? Like, what does that look like? 
Yeah, I'd say, I would say it's about 50-50 now. So on the sports side, we work with a lot of uh, NFL teams, um, MLB, NBA, but also you know NBC Sports, Fox Sports, et cetera. So some of those TV networks. Um, and then on the entertainment side, working a lot with Warner Media and HBO, um, as well as you know FX and some different TV networks on that side. And then uh, we work with Elton John in the music space um, mm-hmm. with his TikTok account, same with Queen and some of these legendary artists. So um, to your point, it started off at very heavy in sports because that was my original passion and my love. But, you know, storytelling, as you know, um, it, it's so easily transferred to not only sports, but entertainment, to product, a CPG, all those different things. And so what kind of, I mean, I think about the, the clients that I've talked to, the, that I've worked with over my years in, yep. in marketing, and I know their pain points. I know what they face. And it feels like you get to that level of Elton John or Queen or Kobe or, you know, the, the Padres or somebody, and they've got to have different pain points. Maybe not though. So I asked that question, what are the pain points that your clients see right now in, in marketing and what, what you do with them? I think things, mo- sorry, things move so quickly as you know, as well. I mean, right when you get a hold on Instagram, there's IGTV and Instagram stories. And right when you get a hold on that, here comes TikTok, which is just, you know, taking over the whole thing. And then now, now you have different things like fleets on Twitter. And, um, it's, you know, now that we, when we, when we run social media for a client, we do everything A to Z, we're running like 24 different platforms. Now, when you look at all the different features. So I think the pain point is not enough time, not enough people. And also when you think about your campaigns and your big initiatives, uh, just not having the time to sit there for three hours and whiteboard out a bunch of fun ideas on how you can make a splash for your upcoming product launch or your upcoming you know TV show or maybe you know a run to the NBA playoffs. So that's where I think we really help our partners is like, hey, we we're, we're best in class in terms of best practices. We know how to use all these different algorithms. We know what's worth our time and not worth not worth our time. And overall, we can spend some time brainstorming and present you with all the ideas. You become the editor-in-chief, and all you have to do is give us a green light, and we can roll with it, which I think at the end of the day is what client services is all, is all about, regardless of industry, right? So for these huge names, yeah. do you suggest that they are everywhere, or do you suggest that they find one place to go or test them out? Like, What is your general best practice when it comes to the social media management? Yeah, it depends. I much rather, you know, go all in on three platforms, like let's say Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and go all in a hundred percent, then have 11 platforms and you're going about 37% on all platforms, you know? So it's really important, I think, to figure out your main platforms before you potentially open a new one. That doesn't mean that you can't open a new one and kind of play in the space a little bit. I think a lot of brands get uh, handcuffed because they feel like if I'm going to launch TikTok, I got to post seven times a day. No, you can launch TikTok and post once a week for the first six months. Nobody's going to go back and judge you and say, oh my God, Nike, I can't believe you didn't have a consistent posting strategy back in 2018 on TikTok. I mean, you could start small and then go big, but I think some people don't want to start unless they do it best in class and perfect and they're doing everything uh, based on the algorithm. But, you know, it, it's just kind of a, a license to go in there and play a little bit, figure out what your uh, audience likes. So that way, you know what to do when you have the resources and time. Yeah. And and my other question too is, is what does it look like for uh, in working with these giant personalities? You know, I know that like when I've done marketing for my CEO of a company, I'll, I'll post for that person. I'll run our branded account. I don't have to ask permission, but if you're doing this for a giant known brand, yeah, what does social media management look like on your end? Yeah, I think it depends. I mean, sometimes every single tweet, every single you know piece of content has to be approved um, line by line. 
while others, you know, you can kind of figure out what what's okay for us to use our best judgment and what's some of those things that we definitely have to get your approval on. Um, and then some, you know, we kind of figure out the voice and we build out a very comprehensive deck of our voice and our best practices and all those different things. And, um, you know, if we have some tweaks month by month of, hey, I probably wouldn't have said that, or hey, can we avoid, you know, using that hashtag or what have you, but it kind of varies by client how they feel. Um, but you are right. Like when it comes to these multi-billion dollar you know, apparatuses, um, you know, one tweet can mean the difference from the stock price going down, you know? So, uh, it's important to have, and and even internally for an agency to, you know, have QA processes, make sure there's two pairs of eyes on everything, making sure that it goes through the proper ranks. Although that stuff sometimes seems like it's being inefficient. It's just so important to make sure you don't make, make that lethal mistake. And what's the key to building that trust with these giant brands, whether it's a corporate brand or a personal brand, what's the biggest part of building that trust? I think it's just, it's transparency and it's being super organized and saying, Hey, here's the plan. Um, you know, lay it out for them very cleanly and they can look at it and they can give you the green light. Now, if they give you the green light and it ends up not being the best idea, at least, you know, there is that transparency and discussion like, Hey, not everything's going to work. We're going to try things. We're going to be uh, a little innovative, a little outside the box. And our audience may say that was terrible. You suck. And all right, you know, now we learned. Uh, but yeah, that's what I found is if you can be super buttoned up, take the time and walk someone through, like lead the horse to water in a way, then I think you get that trust. Like, well, listen, they're 10 times more organized than I can ever be. So uh, I'm looking at this. It looks good to me. And thank you so much for putting that together. Let's go ahead and give it a try. Um, I think that's what we found be super successful. Cool. So David, um, share with me a story, if you would, speaking of storytelling, uh, on a specific way that you've been able to serve those clients. What's a really good highlight? Yeah, a couple of things come to mind. I think the first one was uh, when the, the the Toronto Raptors won the NBA Finals or the NBA Championship uh, last year, back in 2019. They brought us on board for strategy and content, and we gained 1.6 million followers in six weeks. Um, so that was just you know a mixture of the team was doing really well. There was a lot of great moments to capitalize on. And they won the championship, but also mixed together with really good content, pop culture, and everything kind of came together and hit a proper head. So that was just awesome because I think what we like to say is for our brands, let us let us reach your potential, right? Because there's so many things that you're not able to capitalize on because you don't have the resources, you don't have the time, you don't have the energy. And we kind of come together and kind of be a special forces unit of sorts and be able to capitalize on those big initiatives. So that was really cool to... Very rarely have we worked with a team that's actually made it all the way and actually won. So you kind of have the the gasoline of you know fans being just super ecstatic and loving everything you post. And another example, uh, working with Top Rank Boxing with their partnership with ESPN, they really wanted to kind of move from um, into the 21st century when it came to social media and just making sure they were a digital focused firm. And we came in and just really brought them into uh, the 21st century, just with what we were doing on social and, and, and branding and visual identity and taglines and how we uh, delivered our stuff to fighters and fights and how we worked with ESPN and things like that. And that was just a really awesome thing. I think that we were able to do and felt super impactful. So let me ask you this, um, after working at Fox sports for, uh, uh, you know, as a producer, yeah, are they now a client? First of all, can you even divulge that? Yeah. I mean, we actually were the Fox sports, not on the radio side, uh, budgets are pretty slim, I think on that side, but we do work with them on the TV side. So, which is so, a cool full circle moment. Yeah. Well, I was just going to ask, is it, is it cool full full circle or is it more like, ha ha, I got you. <laughs> no, it's, it's cool full circle. And then what's really cool is we work with San Diego state, which is my alum. So I paid San Diego state to get my education. Now they're paying me. 
for how they educated me. So that that's like the coolest full circle for sure. But yeah, it's all, uh, I'm, I'm glad actually, I think if, if they would have gave me the radio show, maybe ultimately I would have led to this, but it was like out of pure frustration. I wanted to control my own destiny and that's what launched the YouTube channel. That's what got me geeking out over the power of social. And I was like, wait a second, this is actually probably where I should head towards. Yeah. Which is really cool to think about how, you know, like, right. So I came out of the news world before I was yeah. in marketing for the last 10 years. Um, I've been in news. I've been a producer at a TV uh, station in the news department. I've done some radio. So like, I think we have similar paths possibly. Um, and I know that a lot of people right now in that business, I mean, it's a tightening business every single day. Yeah. And so whether you're going into that and in, in, as a, as a, a career and you're in school right now, or you're in that business right now, thinking of ways to control your own destiny, as you said, David, um, what kind of advice do you have for people that are in that position that want to do that? Yeah, I think you just have to focus on where the intention is. And the intention is on your cell phone. It's on social media. You look at something like House of Highlights, it pretty much, I mean, really hurt the sports center business on ESPN. I mean, I, I know you're a big sports fan. So Detroit Red Wings, I'm sure I, I just know growing up in college, I had ESPN News on 24-7 on my TV just to, in case news broke. And now you follow Bleacher, House of Highlights, uh, Barstool, whatever it may be, and you've got it all on your fingertips. So I think the the, the journalist or the radio host uh, of 2020 is now a podcast host, like a Joe Rogan, right? Rather than maybe your traditional Rush Limbaugh or whatever ever may or Howard Stern. Um, and then obviously from the journalism standpoint, it is, I think, you know, growing the social media following more so than being on your local evening news. Yeah. And, and I, again, I love the fact that you said control your destiny. Yeah. Like just get out and do it, create the content and begin to promote yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I've seen some pushback recently uh, from some friends of mine uh, in marketing to talk about personal brand and how personal brand may not be the biggest, like it's, it's kind of a, an empty buzzword. It's really more about creating that trust and just being you and serving, et cetera, et cetera. Is there a difference between reputation and personal brand? From a company standpoint or a personal standpoint? I think from, I think I'm asking for a personal standpoint. Like I go back to the idea that you've worked with some, like some, some stars yeah. and some athletes, this kind of thing. I mean, if I'm not a Kobe Bryant, I'm not an Elton John, but I want to work on my personal brand. Is that too far gone for me, too far up here in the ether, or is that more reputation? No, I think um, it's, I think everybody really, it's becoming your resume in a sense. And I think um, it's funny, like I create my own content on my own social handles and I'll, I'll have a client say, you know what, I, I saw that thing you posted, or they may even repeat something I said, but not even know I was the one that said it. Um, mm. So just because it, it's so organic, right? If you can, if you're passionate about something or you really like something and you can talk about it in an elegant way, or you can help people by inspiring them, motivating them, what have you. Um, and that can kind of be a go- organic part of their day. It's much easier to do that than to raise your hand and say, hey, can you help on a call? We'd love to talk you through our new uh, products that we have. Um, so I do think it's just a, a way to be like, hey, I'm here. I, I geek out over this stuff. I'm looking at all the algorithms. I'm I'm, fi- I'm I'm following the news. And I think that builds a better reputation. Like I can trust this dude. I may not have the time to dig in and really know all the ins and outs of whatever this new platform may be. But it looks like David really enjoys that based on the content he posts. So if anybody's going to do it well, he'll probably do it. So let me give him his chance. So I think that goes with any industry and in, in any, uh, yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like maybe some other words to consider are authenticity, um, just 100%. be who you are, right? 
Yeah, yeah, being genuine. I think I'm not a big selfie guy. I don't like doing the selfie videos, but I do like, you know, podcasting. I, I kind of feel more comfortable in this environment with the microphone. So a lot of the content you'll see I do is kind of snippets or highlights from podcasts. So I think it's just about finding what you enjoy. I think some people really like to write really long essays and they go on medium.com and they have some really good articles they push to. So I think it's really finding what you enjoy posting um, and, and going from there. Yeah. So David, I'm going to ask my last question here in just a moment and maybe yep. I'll stump you because you've been amazing so far and I haven't stumped <laughs> you yet, but we'll see. Um, but, but before I get there, I want to make sure everybody has a chance to connect with you on this, on the social channels, your handles yeah. or uh, with STN digital as well. Where do you send people to connect with you? Yeah. So our website's stn.digital. You can find this there, obviously, and STN Digital across Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, the whole the whole nine. And then myself as well. I'm at David J. Brickley on most platforms like Instagram and Twitter, David Brickley on TikTok, uh, David Brickley on YouTube. So it's pretty easy to find with a quick Google search. Right on. So yeah, yeah stn.digital. Um, all right. So here's Here's my big one for you. We right. we are rock stars in this rock star world. Rock stars are counterculture. They're counterintuitive. So here's my question for you. Is there anything that you've learned over the years or any advice that you've heard that seems counterintuitive at first, but had a massive impact on your business once you embraced it? Uh, good question. Uh, let me think. Yeah, I think it's saying no. You know, it's so counterintuitive when you first start as a startup, when you're working out of your bedroom and you have no employees and you're working 18-hour days to say no to anybody that has cash and says, hey, can you do this for me? But what I found through the years, and we're coming up on our eight-year anniversary in April, what I found is the client is always going to judge you on the final product every single time. They're not going to factor in the the restraints they put on you. They're not going to remember that they didn't give you feedback quick enough. They're not going to remember that they gave you the, the most impossible deadline ever. It's like, if I ask you to take me to the airport, but it takes you 30 minutes to get there and my flights in 30 minutes, I'm still going to blame you for maybe missing my flight type thing as a, as a silly analogy. But that's what I found is you almost have to protect yourself from yourself a little bit, because if you, in this industry specifically, people ask you to do things in impossible deadlines. And if you say yes, because you're being nice, or you want to make sure you don't, you know, hurt their feelings, or you want to be the yes guy or, or yes girl, um, you could put yourself in a reputation situation, like you said, like, yeah, you know, every time we use STN, they just always fall short, or they deliver B plus product or what have you, even though they're not factoring in like, yeah, you gave us this impossible deadline. So I think it sounds counterintuitive, but saying no to somebody when you know that it's going to really put you in a tight spot and not really allow you to guarantee the utmost quality and the, and the, and really to be able to hit that deadline. That's uh that's what's really helped us. I think as we have gotten bigger learning how to say no, that's good. Yeah. Yep. Yep. David Brickley, STN digital. Thanks so much for being a part of agency rock stars and being a rock star out there in the world, my friend. Of course, man. Thanks for the time. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Agency Rockstars podcast. If you're an agency owner who would like to appear in this podcast, please visit legendaryleadgen.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you found this episode valuable, I would really appreciate you sharing it on social media. Even just a quick screenshot of the episode showing on your phone shared to social media would be great. If you truly enjoyed the episode, we'd also really love a rating in your favorite podcast player. Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Dana Lindahl, and if you want to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also find more information about everything we're currently doing at legendaryleadgen.com. Thanks for listening, and hope to hear from you soon.